Do you guys smell something? Ah, not the roses. Smells like revenge. Justice for Jenny Blaze was served last night on the latest episode of The Traders, and it feels so good. Let's do this. This is a review of season two, episode six, Backstab and Betrayal, and there will be spoilers. This review is intended for anyone looking for thoughts after watching the latest episode with a mix of additional media coverage from ancillary podcasts and social media. Just as a disclaimer, this is for entertainment purposes only. We do not condone toxic behavior of any kind. Be cool. Don't be all like uncool. The description for episode six is the traders turn on each other and face a dilemma. Before we walk through the episode, I'm going to go through all the media activity that's taken place since the last episode. First off, number one unscripted streaming series in the U.S. And after the last two episodes, I've been living for the traders. I've been living on a trader's high and having the best time, but then... I have to go to New York City for a three-day Vanderpump Rules excursion that I planned before I realized that I don't want to continue Vanderpumping any longer. <laughs> However, it was an amazing ending and closure to Scandival. I want to leave it on that high note of seeing Ariana on her opening night on Broadway as Roxy Hart in Chicago. I did a review while I was there, so go check it out. Tom Sandoval had some wildly unhinged interview with Nick Vile, and I'm just completely, completely done with this clown. Like, he really put the nail in the coffin with that interview because I could only listen to about eight seconds of it. I, I couldn't even listen to it. I liked the Vanderpump Rules season 11 premiere, but that may be because Sandoval wasn't in it. I don't know how I'm going to feel as the season goes on. Also, I saw Brad and Logan three nights in a row this week. <laughs> and at this point, I feel like an Ariana Maddox stalker. So I'm going to continue rooting for her from afar. I did two polls. The first one, should I quit VPR and end on this high note? 27% said, yes, focus on the traders. Only 27%, but that's enough for me. My next poll was, should I watch VPR? 91% said yes. And I'm going to, I'm still going to watch, but I just cannot tolerate Tom Sandoval anymore. And I was fully prepared to cover Vanderpump Rules, maybe not as aggressively as I did during Scandival, but in preparation, got these from celebritycutouts.com. Oh my God, oh my 
my God, like, like, oh my gosh, people are like outraged by me. Oh my God. Oh my God. This, this was going to be Tomas. We were going to create a, an alter ego for Tom Sandoval. One that would be almost the opposite of him in every way. <laughs> Just a really great guy. But not only that, we still have this guy behind me. I just don't even want him in the picture. Okay, you know what? For that unhinged interview with Nick Vile, you're going to learn today. I'm taking a note from Phaedra. What should we do? Um, let's put, I know, we'll give them a neck tap, neck tap. There. Can you guys see that? That's what he gets. I feel bad. I wish that Tom Sandoval would go get help. Like he needs a team of professionals. Anyways, let's move on. Okay. We have a ton of ancillary podcasts to listen to when we're following along with the traders. First, we have Tamara Judge, who has Talking Traders. We have Johnny Bananas, who has Death Taxes and Bananas. We have Dan Geesling, who has the Dan Geesling podcast. Delaware. Hi. I'm in Delaware. So this week, Tamara had Janelle on again. One thing that I thought was funny, Janelle said, don't forget, I watched, this is after the last episode where the, Janelle just got out and she said that Bergie kept yelling at Dan that he was going to go after him and going to get him. I just like, I love that. I love to hear that. <laughs> We also had Janelle on Johnny Banana's podcast. And one thing I really liked about Janelle, like, which gave me like some respect for her. I mean, I have respect for her, but one thing she said was getting murdered is a punk way to get out of a game. And I just thought that was so funny. And it feels very like gamey, gamer talk like that. I don't know. Is that hot? I'm listening to this podcast as I'm driving down to New York City. <laughs> and I hear them talk about the Marriott because I had done a poll asking, do you guys really think that they stay in the castle? Well, guess what, everybody? They don't. Remember how we would line up and get in our cars and go to the hotel? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? Yes, we don't live in a castle, people. We live at the Marriott. It was confirmed by Bananas on his podcast, but we can't give him all the credit because apparently Alan Cumming had already revealed this information during season one. He revealed this to the public. Like it's, it's kind of ludicrous to think that they're staying in this castle. And also on top of it, I found an article about the castle that was saying it's not me meant to be a place where people stay. 
So I'm sorry for anyone who's disappointed. I love how Johnny talks shit about Dan. And it's funny because he knows that the Big Brother fandom is poisonous, super toxic. He knows just as much as I do. And I was dying laughing because Janelle, she's in game mode, right? She's like talking about if she was Dan, what would she do if she was a traitor? She immediately goes, I would have taken you out and recruited CT. And she just continues going on. And Johnny seemed like he was so offended by that. He's like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. He's like, why would you do that? He was like getting offended. But Janelle also revealed that Bergie was yelling at Parvati and saying that she was a traitor too. Peter and Bergie were so mad after Janelle was banished that they were going around yelling, they're going to die. <laughs> Talking about the traitors. And I just, I want more of that footage. I want to see them. I like when people are really participating and into the game, like obviously at a healthy level, but I didn't want to see that. Oh, okay. Johnny also had his 100th episode of Death, Taxes, and Bananas. Congratulations. He had CT on for his 100th episode, and it was probably like the longest podcast episode that I've ever listened to. I'm sorry, but I don't like doing anything for two hours, like at all. I don't even know what they were talking about. I don't think we got any information about the traders, but now I know that CT studied engineering. And I also know that according to the polls, most people prefer CT over Johnny Bananas. Caroline Gautier Stan on Twitter said, I want CT to top me all night long. I didn't know. I didn't know the love was like that. So I did a poll, you know, who do you love more? CT got 82%. Johnny got 18%. <laughs> I like finding out about the audience. Like, what do you guys think? All right, let's move on to the Dan Giesling podcast. Dan, first up, he interviewed Ekin Sue, which is so diabolical that he's interviewing her after he was one of the traitors and they killed her. She was poisoned. Poison chalice. I really liked this episode, this podcast episode. Ekin Sue talked about her upbringing, her she has a story about being bullied that is so heartbreaking. I wanted to cry. And she said something along the lines of, you know, people who face adversity are the ones who become strong people. And I could not agree more with her. And I feel like I really love Ekin Sue now. I understand why people loved her. And I kind of want to go watch her on Love Island, but I don't watch those shows. So what I would like to see is, during her interview, she mentioned she wants like a countryman in the U.S. I think she should go on Farmer Wants a Wife on Fox. I think it's a brilliant idea. Who else? Janelle is also on Dan's podcast. And they talked about Big Brother a lot, talked about gaming a lot. And for me, my biggest takeaway is she really belittles other players too much for my liking. And I still like Janelle, but I could do without that. 
last night, Dan was live on Twitch and live on Instagram. I caught the tail end. He did a Q&A and it's up on his podcast, but uh, he was streaming on Twitch live on IG. And it just took me back to scan of all days because I would have multiple I was streaming too. And it also made me think about where all of this whole path started. And actually, I was on Twitch before Instagram. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell that story another time. But my game of choice, I actually would love to challenge Dan. I would love to challenge him to a game of just dance. I love that game so much. And I lost a ton of weight playing that game back when I lived in Chicago. Highly recommend. Anyways, okay. So Dan, one thing he mentioned behind the behind the scenes, he said in the beginning when they're all paired off into cars, he was with Tamara, Ekansue, and Parvati. And they he mentioned that they're not allowed to talk game during like the first few days. And I just find, I need more information around this. Like, how is this communicated from the network or production to the players? Like, don't talk game. Like, what does that mean? What are the parameters around that? I want to know more. But one thing that was very diabolical and devious, Dan said he likes to use people's real lives in the games, like against them. I don't like that. I think that is, I don't think, I feel like that's playing dirty. Not a fan of that strategy. And he also mentioned when Kate joined, his eyes rolled so hard. He watched season one, so he knew how Kate was as a player. He did what I would have done is my recon on everyone. He admitted Ph Phaedra's hand-to-hand -hand combat was impeccable. And I just think it's so funny. I didn't realize Dan is a gamer. And that makes me look at him totally different. And now I understand why he's so devious or he, I mean, now I know that he plays dirty, but he's using gaming jargon like, oh, Phaedra's hand-to-hand -hand combat, impeccable. I didn't realize Peter's strategy and leadership skills were so great. He really came out of left field for me. And I'm just dying because I didn't know Dan is on Twitch every single day. Five, well, not every single day, but five days a week. And I find that fascinating. I might join some of his <laughs> Twitch streams now. He also mentioned, I missed it today, but... He said that they were going to do a trader simulation on Twitch, and I want to do that. I might live there if I start doing that. And Sandra even joined um, his IG live for a minute. Sandra was talking about the boiled eggs, saying like they were always gone. She had to eat really fast or something. But anyways, let's go to this episode. Just as a recap from last week, Kate joins. Peter sets a trap to catch a trader. The Faithfuls hope the traders murder Bergie or Trishel, who have shields that the traders don't know about. That way they can figure out who the trader is because of the information that Pete, Peter leaked to CT, Parvati, and Dan. 
So also Janelle was banished. It was down to Dan and Janelle and they obviously got it wrong, which led to Bergie and Peter getting hyped. Dan says he needs this murder in the last episode. So we start this episode at breakfast. Kate is first. Kate thinks that the person who was murdered is someone from Bravo because she's been added. So Kate really doesn't, she's not coming in with like a leg up on anyone. Parvati comes in. She says the breakfast room is like a pressure cooker. Cherie comes in. She's asking Kate and Parvati, who do you guys think is a traitor? CT comes in next. He thinks it's nice that Kate is there to have fresh eyes and he's getting tired of being wrong. Dan, he comes in, says it was a huge risk for murdering Bergie. And it's just, it's funny to watch him act at breakfast like he's a faithful. <laughs> Wonder who got murdered. Sandra comes in. She thinks it might be John because he's the most faithful of all the faithfuls. She keeps using this term, faithful of the faithfuls. Phaedra walks in alone. Phaedra is upset about murdering Bergy, but says that everybody's got to die. <laughs> MJ walks in. Peter walks in. Peter is feeling so confident and staring down Dan. He, he goes, maybe they murdered John because he's most useless. <laughs> Peter is throwing shade. Oh, my God. Oh, Dan pipes in. He's like, oh, maybe it's it might be somebody who voted for me, you know, to throw people off. Like, oh, my God. Just stop. Just stop. Kevin, Trichelle, John, they all walk in. They all think Ber Bergie is murdered until there's a knock on the door and Peter's face, Bergie's face, they, Bergie, like, opens that door like, hmm. <laughs> he just is smiling ear to ear. Peter's just like, did it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, Bergie walks in right away. He goes, someone tried to murder me, but I had a shield. And Peter reveals his plan to everyone and how they tricked the traitors. Harvey is super nervous because now she's exposed. Sandra is like, what? Oh my God. I didn't know about this. What? Tell me everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. CT, Dan, and Parvati reveal that they were the ones who got leaked this false information. Phaedra feels safe because nobody leaked it to her. And Peter is just, he is hilarious. He's talking a huge game, rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> this is bde right now this is huge bde big dick energy alan walks in <laughs> says they can talk about what happened dan is saying that he was tricked and needs to change how he's playing the game completely obviously we know this now we go into side theories in between you know before the mission we see Peter and Bergie are elated, so happy. And they even talk about how Dan and Parvati were not comfortable. 
Peter is convinced it's Dan and Parvati. He's so hyped. He goes, I'm wearing all black because I'm going to get a traitor today. <laughs> Phaedra says she feels bad for Dan and Parvati, but it's every traitor for themselves. Parvati asked Peter to talk. Peter is so confident. He's just like, what is it? <laughs> Hi. Hi, Parvati. Oh my gosh. We need a little bit more of that from Peter. Hmm. She, Parvati tries to say it's weird that he's planning information and how does she know he's not a traitor? Peter is just smiling. He's like, it's pretty clear I'm not a traitor. <laughs> and then he goes, why aren't you a traitor? Why aren't you a traitor? <laughs> and she doesn't really give him much. He, she's just like going around in circles. He's like, I'm trying to work with you, but you're not giving me anything. And she actually gets up and walks away. And it's super weird. She's like, like, pretends like she doesn't want anyone to hear her. But then Dan goes to talk to Peter. Dan is saying, oh, it's time to stop being passive and steer the ship. And Dan goes, yeah, it was kind of weird that you did that, Peter, planning that information. And Dan, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at you. Dan knows that Peter is dead set on getting a traitor. Like, there's no convincing him. He is so locked in on that prize he's like i am gonna get a traitor let's move on to the mission okay so this mission is for twenty thousand dollars they have to fire a cannonball from a catapult the catapult launch site is on top of a hill and the catapult isn't even there yet so they have to find collect and carry the pieces to build the machine once they get up there there's a sled that they can use, but the pieces are not light. This is a muscle game. They have 60 minutes. There is one shield available from this mission, and there are shield ammo boxes along the way. Whoever gets those shield ammo boxes, they have an opportunity to fight for that one shield if they cross the finish line with the shield ammo box. If they don't finish the mission, there's no shield for anybody. So Kate is basically like, fuck, I got to do, this is like my nightmare mission. And rightfully so. She even says, I'll give Alan $20,000 not to do this mission. <laughs> it's such a mood. She goes, I would rather sell a kidney. All right, so in this mission, right off the bat, they need to cross a river that has a very strong current. The women are screaming. They're going in pairs. <laughs> CT's got Phaedra going, bend your knees. <laughs> but this part is so funny because Trishelle and Kevin are walking across the river together. Trishelle sees a shield ammo box. And she goes or she's like, I'm sorry, I got to go get this. And Kevin's like getting dragged behind her and they both like fall in the water. And she is just so savage for this. I, I love Trishelle. She is surprising me. I I'm loving it. <laughs> it's so wild for that. Oh my God. Poor Kevin. He doesn't know what's going on. 
They get to the catapult tray. They have to carry it. CT and Phaedra are holding hands, guys. This is a whole side love story going on right now. We need Castle Daddy and Mother to get together. Like, he must be turned on by her after the round table. That's why he's holding her hand. Yeah, he is. The second shield ammo box, Peter goes for it. Dan was talking about maybe getting it, but Peter got to it first. He's like, I'm getting that shield. Peter doesn't care if anyone thinks he's selfish. <laughs> Cherie gets a shield. She's so funny because at her a second, I thought she was going to say no to picking up that the box. She goes and gets the shield ammo box. <laughs> it's so funny because, like, I don't think Sheree's on anyone's radar, but Kate is actually carrying a ballast bag. Good for her. Good job, Kate. They have 30 minutes left, and they're pushing this sled uphill on this dusty-ass road. <laughs> Just not even a road. It's like a path. They get to the catapult, and they need to drag the catapult to the top with 20 minutes left. It looks so heavy. It's like dead weight. CT's so cute. He's like, I do the things that nobody wants to do. <laughs> they got 10 minutes left. Another shield ammo box comes up. Parvati goes for it. Alan announces that if you have a shield ammo box, then you are eligible for protection once you get your shield box on this stack of hay. Trishel starts running. She falls. Sheree gets there first. She's good. Trishel's good. Parvati's good. Sandra is good. Kate is now carrying Peter's box, who is back with the catapult trying to push it. So he runs to get the ammo box. Kate could have gotten it herself, but she winds up dropping it. She's like, it's so desperate to go for a shield. <laughs> so Peter winds up getting it. Peter is so sexy in this episode he is reading the instructions he's like leading the team telling everyone like what to do to get this thing set up and put together and they get it john is john found a way to contribute alan goes find someone from your team to pull the lever and they're all like john john <laughs> no one has any more energy and John goes up there like he's Rudy. He just, he's like, yeah. Like, yeah, John. It's such a Rudy moment. Loved it. So they win the $20,000. Next, they have the option to go for the shield. It's between Sandra, Parvati, Trishel, Sheree, and Peter. Sandra, she goes first. Whoever gets like closest to the target gets the shield. Sandra gets on the target. Parvati completely misses. Trishel completely misses. Sheree gets the closest, closer than Sandra. Then it's Peter's turn. He is so like, I need this shield. But Peter doesn't even reach the target. So Sheree gets the shield. Nobody was going to kill her. They're in the cars. They're heading back to the castle or to the Marriott. Not sure. They have Kate, CT, and Sheree in one car. Kate suggests voting Dan. Kate says she's more certain about Parvati. 
And Sheree chimes in and says, yeah, I think it's Parvati. In the other car, we got MJ, Phaedra, and Kevin. Kevin mentions Dan. MJ and Phaedra say, yes, heck yes. Kevin says, well, he hasn't done anything, though. The other car, Dan, Parvati, Trishel, Peter. Trishel asks Dan how he feels. <laughs> Dan says he knows he's under the gun. Peter asks Parvati and Dan if they can make the murder painless tonight. Calling them out. So gangster, I love it. Parvati does not like that. And she says he's going to have to die. Now they are eating together. And Peter and Bergie shut down Parvati from joining their discussion with Sheree, John, and Bergie. That is like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine how that feels. I mean, rightfully so, she's a traitor. But imagine if you're not a traitor and they're like, no, you can't come here. I feel like is eventually invited in. Bergy says Dan's name is out there. Bergy tells Parvati that her name is out there without saying it. Sandra is on to Parvati. Then we see Dan and Peter. Dan asks Peter for an open ear. Dan is 100% ready to give a name, but is waiting for the round table. Then you see Dan and Trishel. Says he thinks he knows who the traitor is. He goes and he's making sure CT will at least listen to him at the round table. So Dan is already prepping everyone to listen to Dan's speech, whatever he comes with at the round table. I would ask him, I'd be like, why are you waiting? Why are you waiting to the round table? I want to know what excuse he gave if he, if anyone asked him that. So we're at the round table. Dan just kicks it off. He, it's so dramatic. He goes, Raise your hand if your name has been written at least once on this chalkboard. That's not a question. He goes, I just got one question. That's not a question, Dan. So then he calls out everyone whose name hasn't been written down. Bergie, Shrey, Phaedra, Sandra, Parvati. Sandra, every time they cut to, to Phaedra, she's like breathing heavy. Like she looks pissed and she's stressed out. But Dan goes on to say, oh, well, that's not enough to convict someone, but that's where I start. He says, let's look at the voting pattern. Sandra's always explaining herself. Sharia got, got one weird vote with John, but she explained it. Bergie, he goes with the crowd. So that leaves Parvati and Phaedra. Those are the two people that he's narrowing it down to. And this is where, oh my God, Phaedra becomes mother. Phaedra claps back at him and puts him in his place immediately and rightfully so. <laughs> so the best parts of Phaedra versus Dan at the round table. Dan brought arguments that he was going to use against Phaedra and Phaedra effortlessly rebuts all of them. He tried to say that, not my burgalicious, that that was problematic. <laughs> and Kate called him out. She's like, not my burglicious was problematic. I love how Kate jumps in and she, basically she's backing up Phaedra. Like your arguments are flawed and ridiculous. This round table probably should be studied in law school. But then at one point, one of Dan's arguments is that Phaedra is extra. <laughs> and she's like, I do too much because you do too little, but tonight you're going, you're doing way too much because you know you're going to get ba banished. So you're trying to put the heat on me. 
She goes, so if there was really a mastermind, it sure wouldn't be adult of housewife. Loved it. Love it. She also goes on to say, don't forget, Burgalicious voted for you last night. And who got the murder one? Burgalicious. Why? Because Dan thought he was able to be murdered. Is that not correct? Dan starts fumbling. Everyone's laughing. Parvati tries to like make some points, but Peter just shuts her down. He cuts her off. She's like, excuse me, Dan, can I finish? He's like, guys, don't listen. She's trying to separate us. They're trying to break us apart. They're trying to divide us. And I still, I'm like, why is Parvati trying to save Dan? Like, who cares? I'd be like, you're the first traitor out. Sorry, you got to go. Everybody must die. So in the post-mortem show, Phaedra was saying she was so pissed that she <laughs> broke her chalk after she wrote Dan's name down. And I watched again and she there were two pieces of chalk. <laughs> she goes, you deflected on the wrong one because you gonna learn tonight. Oh my God, I fucking love it. Alan says, Phaedra, you're first. Of course, she writes down Dan. Sandra votes Dan. Peter writes Parvati. And he said, you know what? I knew there was going to be enough votes for Dan. I'm writing Parvati down because I think she's also a traitor. And if I die tonight, I want everyone to know that she's a traitor. <laughs> that is so hardcore. That is like brown noser of the faithful. <laughs> I don't know. If I think that's, that's extra. But John, he writes down Dan. And also John's don't forget, John's on a high from like contributing in the last moment from the catapult. So he delivers with one of his strengths. He makes a speech. He calls out Dan. He's super camp. He's saying how Dan brings all these arguments to deflect on Phaedra. That case was comprehensively rebutted. Treachery deserves to be punished by banishment. Banishment, my dear friend, should be your fate tonight. This guy is the silent slaughter. And that's the sum of it. Golf clap. <laughs> Parvati votes Dan. Kevin votes Dan. Trishel votes Dan. Trishel said, tonight you met your match. Dan writes down Phaedra, CT votes Dan, Cherie, Bergy, Kate, MJ, all vote for Dan. Dan's in the circle of truth. He's obviously a traitor. Phaedra goes, he learned tonight. Everyone is cheering. And I have a huge question in this moment. As a traitor, when you say, I'm a traitor in banishment, do you feel bad? That everyone is cheering that you just got out? Because I feel like I might go into a depression if that were me. <laughs> like everyone's cheering that I'm gone. But in Dan's confessional, he admitted he got shredded by Phaedra. She ate him up. She really did. It was kind of beautiful. Oh, so then we get to side theories again. Trishel thinks Phaedra is a traitor. Bergie is so happy. Peter calls his secret group meeting with Peter, Bergie, John, Trishel. Kevin joins them. Sandra is with the rest of the group and is like, should we go find the faithfulest of the faithful? 
Parvati comes in and has some words with Peter and Bergie. Peter says he wants to win, which this may have been a mistake to say that to Parvati. Like, does Peter not know that he can be recruited or seduced, as they say? If I was playing this game, I would definitely be thinking that in the back of my mind that at any point you could be seduced. <laughs> seduced. <gasps> Seduce me. So then we see Parvati and Phaedra in the turret. Parvati's like, that was dark. <laughs> Phaedra goes, I am pissed. If I wasn't a Christian woman, I would rip his heart out. She is just. We need her as Roxy Hart next after Arya. <laughs> so they start talking about targeting Peter when there's a knock on the door. It's Alan. Alan tells them that they can recruit a faithful by seducing them. And the faithful has a choice to refuse or accept. But if they seduce, there will be no murder. They get to decide. So Harvey wants to recruit. She's like, we got to switch this up. She wants to seduce Peter, get him on as a traitor so that they can turn the tables around and make him murder his best friend. <laughs> Harvey says, let's just light this place on fire. And I, I'm not sure if that's the best move for them. I mean, who would you murder then, I guess? They could have killed Peter. But then Parvati would have still had the target on her back. Parvati definitely needs to recruit someone. Phaedra's like, I can keep killing. <laughs> Phaedra doesn't need to do anything. But then we see Peter. He sees his anonymous letter and he looks like he's torn. He doesn't know what to do because he really wants to win the game. He knows being a traitor gives you a leg up. I don't know what Peter's going to do, but if he remains a faithful, I think he's going to go even more hard on the traitors, putting a target on his back again. But I feel like Peter could come in and say, hey, guys, they try to recruit me. They could try to all band together to get Peter the shield, but then that makes them vulnerable. So I don't know how that would work out. If Peter does accept as a traitor, I think he would be similar to Cody. Like, I think he would start breaking down emotionally, like mentally. He'd be like, he'd feel so awful, especially killing Bergy. If he killed Bergie, I think he would lose it. So I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm definitely interested in seeing what happens. Make sure you check out social media. I posted a lot of hilarious things. Bravo and Cocktails posted that someone called CT and Phaedra the modern day bodyguard. And Bravo Bronado posted a video of Adele at a basketball game looking completely unbothered and said it was Cherie on the traders and mark my words. I think Cherie is going to make it into the top three. Just saying Christian Grace now posted a picture of Danielle stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Can you guys see us to Peter watching Peter be a mastermind? Oh my God. Peter was so hot. last night. <laughs> 
Peter is sexy as hell after showing off his brain skills. Oh, I love it. Well, that's all we have for today, and I will catch you all next week to the next episode of The Traitors. Oh.